So not only are you in a programmed state of getting up and going to work every day and having the same thoughts and the same actions and the same behaviors, but now you're also having the same thoughts because you're around the same people who are saying the same things. And now you are feeling the same emotion as a result of all of these experiences. And then you can't take it anymore. And then you say, I'm stuck. I don't know how to change it because every day is the same. I'm stuck. And what you're really saying is I've stopped growing somewhere over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, or more years, I stopped growing. Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. You want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. Think when you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome to episode one of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. My name is Todd Bowerly, and I'm a high performance coach, mindset mentor, and I work with clients all over the world to teach them about their mind and how it works so they can change their thinking and change all of their results in their life. Now, that last voice that you heard before I came on, that was my late great mentor, the incredible Mr. Bob Proctor. He just passed away early in February. And hopefully you've listened to Lesson Zero, so you've heard my story of discovering Bob. But without question, Bob was the world's best teacher at human potential and prosperity. I mean, the best that the world has ever seen. And I'm grateful to be one of his coaches carrying on his legacy. Which brings us to today. There is so much that I want to tell you. And the great thing about this is I don't have to, to do it all in this episode. I get to do it over and over again in different ways over time. But there's no better place, I think, than to start our journey with this fascinating and powerful and essential truth that you are programmed to live the life you're living. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by programmed? Well, the majority of our life is controlled by habits, and some of our programs work for us, and some of our programs work against us. Let's say walking is a program. Your mentors, your parents, taught you how to walk, probably by the age of two, and you're going to walk for the rest of your life if you are able to. Now, that's a program that's really productive and really helpful. But then there's other programs that are not so helpful. I developed a, a program of sitting down with a, a bag of potato chips in elementary school and probably finishing the entire one, right? My mind would shut off and I would just continue to shove potato chips in my mouth over and over again and I gained weight and that is a habit that still has some effect on me to this day. So there's two different types of habits. Now, other habits can be things like making your bed every morning or habits of never cleaning the kitchen until the dishes get so piled up or the trash is overflowing that you finally have to take care of it. Now, when we think of habit, this is what we're thinking about. We're thinking about, you know, maybe my morning routine or things like that. But getting up in the morning looks the same day after day after day. You get up at just about the same time. Where do you go? I'm pretty sure you go the same place I go and everybody else goes. We go into the bathroom we take care of business. Maybe we shower or we brush our teeth or comb our hair. 
or whatever it is that we do to get ready in the morning, we get dressed in pretty much the same way. You probably put your pants on first or your shirt, depending on whatever your habit is. You wear generally the same kind of outfits, right? You're going to eat breakfast at some point during that day. And maybe you don't eat breakfast. Maybe that's your habit. And we have some individual variety here, but you're going to have pretty much the same breakfast. You're going to drive the same pathway to work every day if you're commuting. If not, um, you maybe you have a different morning routine. And when you get into work, I don't care how different your, your day might be, one from the next. I guarantee you it's controlled by habit. You have generally the same conversations every day, generally the same events, and you're in the same emotional space, and you're in the same mental space. You're, you're thinking through very similar problems over and over again. Very little creativity is happening in most of the people's jobs out there. And you take a break at lunch or go out to lunch with your coworkers, and it's generally the same coworkers, and you have kind of the same conversation you did beforehand. You finish out your day. You maybe have the same arguments or disagreements and feel generally the same way every single day until you drive home on that same commute and the traffic might be just as bad as it was the day before and it's probably going to be just as bad tomorrow and so you're going to be consciously thinking about how bad the traffic is and wishing that maybe you had some different things come into your life and you're going to go home and you're going to home go home with your family and your spouse and you're going to have the same kind of evening routine generally eating a very similar meal to what you have had you know hundreds of times before you have the same conversations the same arguments the same fights the same triggers uh, and you might finally have to go relax and chill out and you're going to watch tv or you're going to read a book or you're going to do something to escape kind of the mundane nature of your life and then you're going to go to sleep and you're going to start all over again tomorrow. Now, those are a lot of the physical habits that I'm talking about. And I've had some people say, well, my job is incredibly different. That's not at all what my days are like. And, and this one woman that I recall this conversation, I said, well, what is it that you do? I'm an ER nurse. Every day is different. I said, oh, I bet you it's a lot less different than you think. And she pushed back. No, every day is different. I said, no, the details of every day is different. But let me paint a different picture for you. If you're, you are an ER nurse, it looks like this. You come in during the day. Uh, you get a download and report of what has happened previously. And the details of the patients that might be there that you're finishing up with and the details of the trauma coming in is going to be generally different. But I guarantee you, you're going to have uh, people that come in uh, in legitimate awful crisis that need urgency, right? And then you're going to have a group of people that come in who think that they're in a major emergency. And really, it's kind of minor, and you've got to deal with that. And then you've got other people that are coming in with... And the details of all of these situations are different, but you respond the same way with the same problem-solving. You probably say the same thing to different patients over and over and over again, regardless of the, of the differences in their diagnoses. Now, you might call different doctors, but you probably have to call a specialist to come in and take a look at it. And, and you've got to help the family cope with whatever's going on that's there, right? And you walk these patients through their process and you discharge them and then the next patient comes in. And some days are busy and you have many patients and some days are slow and you have few. But generally, your brain works responding to that crisis the same way. And I asked her, do you agree or not? And she says, oh my gosh, I totally agree. Now, all of these habits and behaviors that we have 
They're programmed into our mind over time. But there's another aspect to this living our life in, in habits that most people don't talk about, and these are the habits of your thinking and the habits of your feeling. Most of us don't have very many new thoughts happening throughout the day, and if we're really honest with ourselves, we have generally the same thoughts today as we did yesterday, and we're going to have just about the same thoughts tomorrow. And those thoughts are usually equal to the events and circumstances that are surrounding us in our life. Uh, you know, my dad is one person, for example, that is consistently listening to talk radio. He wakes up in the morning and talk radio goes on. And he listens to it in the afternoon, during lunch, and, and in the evening. And he did this while he was working, and he did this now that he's retired and at home all the time. Now, what are the details of that event of whatever's happening. They might be talking about current events and crisis and politics, but you know what? All of it's the same. All of it is frustration. Frustration, anger, pointing fingers at somebody else. We're talking about political radio here, right? A lot of it is blaming other people, conditions, and circumstances for how someone's life is unfair or there's this attack on freedom or whatever it is. And I'm not pointing sides at different political parties. I'm just using this as an example because, honestly, I really don't care about politics. And that's a whole other topic of conversation. But generally, you're having the same thoughts coming from the same people, and we call this an echo chamber. And I don't care what side of the political divide you are on. You have your own echo chamber where you are listening to the same thoughts over and over again. And those thoughts are making you feel the same way over and over again. And the biggest addiction that we have in this world is the addiction to feeling powerless. The more and more that you think that you are powerless— and that you feel powerless, and that someone draws your attention to that powerlessness and says that you should be angry, now you are in a state of outrage. And you don't have to live and be awake very long in this world to realize that every couple of months we have a new flavor of outrage. And sometimes, like the global pandemic that we had, I mean, that's a long period of time to hear the same information and be outraged about the same thing. But we had other things here. We had a couple of different events here and here. We have different national uh, tragedies and things that happen that are unfortunate, but there is always something to be outraged. So not only are you in a programmed state of getting up and going to work every day and having the same thoughts and the same actions and the same behaviors, but now you're also having the same thoughts because you're around the same people who are saying the same things, and now you are feeling the same emotion as a result of all of these experiences, and then you can't take it anymore. And then you say, I'm stuck. I don't know how to change it because every day is the same. I'm stuck. And what you're really saying is I've stopped growing somewhere over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, or more years, I stopped growing. I haven't learned anything new lately. And I'm not talking about how to do this Excel formula or how to work with this kind of customer or any other kind of skill. I'm saying, in general, you stopped growing. Why? Because your life is controlled by your habits, by your programming, and you don't like the results that your program is giving you. Now, another aspect of this programming 
is also our belief system. What we believe to be real for us or some truth that you can't change, that's immutable. Now, for me, some of my belief systems were that I was not worth more money. I was earning $35,000 a year, and I believed I wasn't worth more money. This is the kind of belief system where I believed that every single boss was horribly emotionally abusive, and every single boss I had was horribly emotionally abusive. And the thing about these beliefs are we look at the results, we look at the conditions and circumstances that we've surrounded ourselves with, and we say, well, but every boss that I have has been horribly abusive. And we just make the conclusion and assumption that every single boss should be horribly abusive. And now I believe that. And it's amazing when I would quit a job and I would go somewhere else, I would it wouldn't take long, and then I'd find another horribly abusive boss. And now my model in my mind of the world is that all bosses are assholes and horribly abusive and that I cannot earn more money. And I throw that into my habit and echo chamber of throughout the day. And now being stuck is even more oppressive. And dare I say, it is depressing because I have no growth and I have no power. And I don't like what's going on. That's the state of our programming and conditioning. Now, how in the world did this happen? You see, when you are born, you're born in a brainwave state that essentially is like a recorder. You're born with the record button pressed. And whatever events are going on around you, actually, even into the last trimester before you were born... Your record button was recording the chemical sensations of emotions and experiences that your mother was having, okay? And then you come into this world and your record button is on until about six or seven years old. And so all of the things that are happening around you, all of the things that happen with your parents and how much attention they gave you or the arguments and the energy that you were involved with, the emotion you were, you were felt... Uh, in, in this time period, it goes into our mind as a model of external reality and a model of our identity. And these, this core of our identity is formed there. So we download a lot of programs from, uh, from mom and from dad and from our family. And there's so many traumatic things that happen to us or could happen as children. And there's been a lot of research saying that these adverse childhood experiences, if you have enough of them, we're talking sexual abuse, emotional neglect, you know, failure to thrive and starvation, uh, physical abuse, um, even just a high stress environment, like parents that lose their jobs, all of these, they call them ACEs, adverse childhood experiences can, can culminate into disempowering beliefs and identity about self. And it's one of the things that leads to intergenerational poverty and causes us to struggle for our entire lifetime. See, we have this record button on where we're soaking in everything and we're building this identity of ourself and our life. And then we go into adulthood with that programming. We don't even understand the fact that we have been programmed, nor do we have the understanding of how to change the programming 
And this is how we can flash forward 30, 40 years into the future of a child's life. And someone can walk up to you saying, you know what? You are exactly like your mother or you are exactly like your father. You know, we, I think any adult has this terrifying moment come over them when they, you know, because as a child, we're like, I'm never going to be like my parents. And then one day you wake up with your own children, and you go, oh my gosh, I am exactly like my parents. We all have those experiences. And how in the world does that happen? It's because we are unconscious up to 95% of the time. Our programming is in control and we don't know how to change it. Now, if we were to critically examine our lives, most of our sacredly held beliefs, um, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about religion and spiritual beliefs, but, but those likely are, are them. It's, it's a very high likelihood that you are following the same spiritual or religious journey that your parents are, or your political belief system, or what you do for enjoyment, or what you like to eat. Chances are all of that has roots in someone other than you. I'll give you another example. I love movies. And every single time that we had a movie night, and we had pizza and a movie night at, at my home growing up, were some of the best nights of my life. And I grew up watching movies all the time. And as an adult, now with adult money, I get to spend money on things like movies. And so I built this massive movie collection. I watch movies all the time. And now with my children, we're watching a movie every week, one or two movies, and they've got baseball and other things going on. And so obviously it's not all of the time, but we watch movies all the time. And so when we want to go do something or we think of like, what do we want to do tonight? We're thinking, well, let's put on a movie. Why? Because it's a habit. Now, my kids did not form that habit of having a desire to watch movies all the time. I gave them that habit. I gave them that habit because it was something that I loved and I conditioned them to have that habit. That's what I mean when I say that most of our cherished beliefs or activities or aspects about ourselves, they didn't even come with us. They weren't originated from us. They came from other people. Now, I want you to examine your life a little bit. I want you to think about the people that you spend the most time with. And I bet you're going to find a lot of similarities with them. For the vast majority of people, this is going to be true. Generally, they're the, the people that you hang out with, they're generally the same gender, generally the same ethnicity background, right? Generally, you have the same interests. You like the same thing. You generally have the same views on things or agree for the most part. Uh, you generally have similar emotional reactions about different things. You probably all earn about the same amount of money. Well, there might be a little bit of diversity there, but pretty much you're probably earning the same amount of money. And chances are you have very similar uh, levels of employment, you know. Um, it's very rare for a CEO to hang out with a frontline employee. So you're generally going to be about the same level. Now, one person might be a computer programmer and the other person might be a marketer, but generally you're about the same level. And your family structures are just about all the same. You're either all married or you're all single, or maybe there's some mix of there, but you generally maybe all have kids and there's a lot of similarity. Guess what? You are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. This is a very old saying. I believe it was Jim Rohn that had said that. Tony Robbins has said that. Many people have said this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. 
Let that sink in, because that's another aspect of being programmed. Like gravitates towards like. And we like to feel secure in ourselves. So we attract people, conditions, and circumstances that reinforce our habitual ideas about who we are as people. And very rarely do we stray outside of that. Because if we get outside of that cultural habitual echo chamber and we don't know who we are, it can be scary and uncertain. I am describing the comfort zone of your life. But if you were to say, Todd, I'm stuck. I'm not happy. I'm stuck or I'm depressed, meaning I haven't grown at all. So I'm very uncomfortable in this comfort zone. Yes, you are. Consider it a zone of familiarity. You are familiar with everything in your reality. That's why you have it in your reality. It matches your conditioning and programming. And if you have any dreams on the inside to be, do, or have something greater than you're experiencing right now, you're going to be really intolerant, really frustrated with your current conditions and circumstances. And because we're not aware that we're programmed, this is the next byproduct of this powerless identity that we have, is we look for things we look for people, we look for conditions and circumstances to blame and say, this is the reason why I'm unhappy and I cannot be successful. It is my boss. It is my company. It is my spouse. It is my kids. It is the political party that's in power right now. It's the gas prices. It is a country across the ocean. It is, it never stops. It's never, we see ourselves as victims of conditions and circumstances because we've been programmed to live our life and we cannot stand the program anymore and have no awareness of how to change it. So therefore it must be somebody else's fault. We're going to stop that right now because here's the true idea I want you to accept. None of this, nothing in your life that is a result of your programming and conditioning is your fault. It's nobody's fault. It just happened, okay? It just happened. It's a byproduct of the human experience. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. If you can become aware and awake and realize that you're programmed and conditioned and release yourself from blaming other people and blaming yourself and realize, oh, I've just been asleep this whole time, then you can wake up and start to take control over your life. Now, some of you might want to blame your parents and say, well, it's your parents' fault. Well, your parents probably did the best that they could. Your parents probably were a victim of their own conditioning, and they had no idea, and they passed it on to you unwittingly and didn't even know, so there wasn't even any awareness there. The real power in life comes from the awareness that you have been conditioned to live your life the way that you have been living, and it is now your responsibility to change your conditioning 
and thereby change all of the other res- all the other results that you have in your life. So I want to say welcome to this greater sense of awareness that you have been conditioned and programmed to live your life. And now that you're aware and that you can accept the fact that you've been programmed, it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just happened. And then you're ready to step into your power to say, I am responsible for changing my conditioning for changing my programming, and for changing any other results I get from this moment on. Now, this could be an exciting place for you to say, tell me more, Todd. I can't wait to hear the next episode. I want to learn how to take control of my life. And then some of you might say, to hell with this guy. I'm not ready for that responsibility. I need to find someone else to blame. And I hope you're not that second person, but you might be. You might be. And if you have resistance to these ideas, I would ask yourself, why does this make me so uncomfortable? What part of this experience is uncomfortable? Because really, I'm sharing the most powerful, most empowering news you could ever have had in your life. The results that you have have come from the programming And I'm going to show you how to reprogram your mind to get different results. So there's nothing negative about this awareness. You have to become aware of the program before you can even change it. And that's what we've just done here. Are you willing to have the courage to keep learning about this experience of the mind and conditioning and programming? Are you you hopeful enough that if you could change the programming, you could change everything in your life. If the answer to that is yes, then I can't wait to share with you everything I have learned because it's changed my life incredibly. If you need to hear my story, go back to episode zero and listen to that one because either I'm full of shit or I have just the thing you have been looking for so that you can get unstuck and move into a greater and more powerful phase of life. On the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to do to change your conditioning and programming. It's the number one question everyone asks me on social media. How do you-